Duke Energy offers these three tips for understanding your bill. Change air filters on a regular basis. A dirty air filter makes an HVAC system work harder and use more energy. Set your thermostat as high as comfortable. The smaller the difference between the inside and outside temperatures, the lower your energy bill will be. Close blinds and curtains on sunny days. This public service announcement is sponsored by Duke Energy. Duke Energy presents Connecting Counties with your host, Gus Piercy. A look at the economical, social, and educational decisions being made in Hendricks and surrounding counties and how they affect one another. And now your host, Gus Piercy. Thanks for being with us today. September is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. And today we're going to be talking about, uh, in particular, teen suicide and uh, it's a difficult subject but we'll try to be uh, delicate with it Uh, my guest for connecting counties today is tammy silverman she is the president and chief executive officer of the indiana youth institute Uh, she became the uh, ceo in 2016 and uh, she currently serves on the indiana department of workforce development's cabinet youth committee the indiana criminal justice authorities Juvenile Justice State Advisory Group and the Indiana University Society of Eons. Correct. Those are all. Did I get it right? Eons. I got it right. Got it right. Wow. I am. Yes. Yeah. Touch me. You're ready to go. I am good. So, uh, so Tammy is my guest today, and we're going to be talking in specific about teen suicide. preteen suicide, adolescent suicide. Uh, First off, Tammy, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, second of all, what is the Indiana Youth Institute for those who don't know? Indiana Youth Institute is about 30 years old, and our goal is to help serve and support any institution in the state that serves kids. So we kind of pour in to all those youth serving organizations. And by that, we can mean anything from boys and girls clubs to YMCAs to after school programs to youth groups to coaching groups to your local soccer club and of course all the schools as well so our goal is to help provide professional training um, data and research where we're often really known for our data and research which is important as well as to support all those organizations because oftentimes when you're on the front lines providing those direct services to kids whether you're checking kids in and out of camp or whether you're coaching them or if you're doing homeless um, services or crisis intervention you don't have time to focus on perhaps your strategic plan or your data and research that you need to write your grants or making sure that your team has some professional development opportunities. So we help provide that for all you serving organizations across the state. And you try to like, uh, teach people sometimes, right? We do. We do. We help. Oftentimes they know a lot, right? <laughs> they know a lot. So, so what we like to say is we will help them help inform um, what they already know and what they've learned from being on the ground with new data and research. So if a new piece of information comes out, if a new policy comes out, perhaps from one of the state agencies, we'll help bring that to their team and add that to their skill set. Um, sometimes it's compliance-based, right? Sometimes there are right. things that come out from the state that they right. have they have to take that training and yeah. we can help make that easier for them. And sometimes there's just things that'll help their help their practice and help them serve kids. 
And I guess I want to stress that it's not just about suicide or anything. Absolutely. That's all we're talking about today. But the range of other subjects include... Oh, you know, what we say is if it has to do with kids, if it impacts kids from birth to whatever we today define as adulthood, right? And depending (laughs) on that, depending on the research and depending on who you ask, that can be 18, 22, 24, 26. Yeah. Um, And they live in Indiana, then that's a subject that we will help them with. And right. that is a topic we will touch. So, of course, anything from infant mortality to high-quality early childhood education to social and emotional well-being to school safety, teen suicide prevention, and everything in between. Yeah. Well, and we're going to be talking about teen suicide prevention. Um, and we'll start off with uh, some startling facts about uh teen suicide, just suicide in general. Um, I have one in five people are affected by a diagnosable mental illness. That means one in five could possibly be suicide, specifically when it comes to children, I guess, teens in particular. Do you have any um, facts that you can share with us? Well, certainly. And and that one in five number is really important because the more we learn, you know, when you, when you look at a child or an adult or any of us, we shouldn't be disconnecting the brain brain from the rest of the body. So those illnesses, everyone has, you know, at some point, whether it's the chicken pox or a broken arm has some physical illnesses. So the one in five, the idea that one or one in five children has a diagnosable mental illness, we should understand that that's very common and that's very reasonable, right? And so we should right. be, should be addressing those things similarly versus, you know, we, we really work hard to destigmatize um, mental health issues. And and that's important because it suicide in particular has always kind of been a hush hush yes subject and yes. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure why except there was a shame factor that went along with it for several years. You're absolutely right. There was a shame factor, and there was also this concept that if you talked about it, that it could cause a ripple effect, oh, right? Yeah. And that if so and so. You know, if they hear about this with one of their friends or in their scout troop or whatever that is, that maybe that would make them more likely. And unfortunately, we know that absolute converse is true, right? The more we talk about it, the more families know how to get help, the more kids know they're not alone, the better it is. So what we thought we were doing to help for many, many years, actually, um, we know now that we need to do things a little differently. Well, and that's important because um, I think, you know, not talking about it has blunted our our intelligence about it Uh, and it really has hurt what do you do in that kind of a situation just hoping that it won't happen is not a good doesn't work and just hoping and just thinking that there's something that you perhaps can control right that that if you just um, either crack down harder on your child or, or ease right. up or um, help them with school or get them a tutor or all those kind of, you know, putting that idea that it is something easy to address and that there's kind of one home remedy that could help it, again, is, is putting too much pressure on the family and on that child. And, and children react differently to stimuli than adults Absolutely. do, right? I mean, and, and I've heard, like you mentioned, when do you reach adulthood? I've heard that sometimes the brain's not completely formed for an adult until 25. I you mean, the, I bet. mean, there are those statistics out there. And of course, it's, you know, independent child, you know, it's dependent on each child. Yes. And I, I understand yes. that. But 
The thing I notice about my own kids who are 12 and 15 is that some things are just super dramatic. You bet. And that's part that's part of those teen years, right? Those those yeah, emotional right. swings that testing the water, seeing what works, you know, having some of those anxieties and and not knowing precisely how things proceed and go forward and right. you know, all the friend group dramas that can occur and all sure. those things is is quite normal for youth development. What happens is that when kids don't have the ability of the sports to help process those tough times or those difficult mood swings, and if they do have a diagnosed mental illness, sometimes, unfortunately, it can lead to suicide ideation. And and then we add in all the cyber stuff, all you the bet. bullying and all that stuff. I mean, it, I mean, it's a very complicated subject that we're, we're not going to be able to hit all, you know, cylinders on. Right. It. But I would like to talk a little bit about some of those things and what people, uh, what the research shows is important to note. And, right. you know, kind of maybe awareness kind of thing certainly well and and the you mentioned cyberbullying which is which is a big concern obviously the other thing that i think everybody doesn't think about is just even social media sometimes for kids that are feeling left out or disconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one yeah. of the, one of the things we talk about a lot is obviously on whether it's Instagram or Facebook or whatever, people don't post their rough days. They don't post about the time when they didn't make the team that they wanted to make sure. or when one of their friends hurt their feelings, they post sunshine and roses and it looks like they're going to all these fun events and it looks like they're surrounded by friends. Right. Um, and and so it gives this idealized vision of, of teenhood and what that looks like. And for a child who's struggling to fit in, it, it can look like everybody else is having a great time except for me. Right. And then oh, they can yeah. feel more disconnected mm-hmm. yeah. when in reality, we need to talk to them about, you know, those kids have rough times too. Every child does. Yes. Every adolescent. Right. I mean, you can't talk to a single adult who sighed puberty was without hassle, harm, or stress. Sure. Right. I mean, it's, right. it's part of it's part of development, but right. social media makes it can make it look really, really great. And so that knowledge is almost detrimental in some respects. Just having that social media out there, because when I was growing up and we didn't have social media. You just guessed, <laughs> you know, right, right. You, you, know, you, you kind of took you who, who was you popular did. and what, yes. but it, you kind of guessed. And now it's a little bit more easier to find out what's going on in Katie's life. Absolutely. Well, and the other thing that used to happen, right, is if you had a bad day at school, you could go home and maybe regroup and disconnect and, and yeah. get back in, you know, do whatever that is, shoot some hoops, play with your dog, talk to your parents, you know, whatever those things were, and you can leave that alone, right? Yeah. And and you can kind of reset. And and some of the research is saying the fact that there's 24-7 connectedness can produce stress and anxiety on kids. Oh, it produces stress and anxiety on me. And, you bet. You know, I mean, so and I can imagine. you have a fully formed brain, I, right? I, so, I, well, so. <laughs> I don't think anybody's arguing that point. But So tell me some other uh, facts about uh, teen suicide that research is showing, because I know you guys follow it at the we IYI. Do, we do, quite a lot. And, yeah. and, and all of this data that we'll talk about today is available at IYI.org. So if you want to go on there, we, we have a couple of issue briefs, our data books there. You can certainly pull that up. But unfortunately, the number of teens that have been contemplating or attempting suicide in Indiana has increased dramatically over the last few years. So um, the number actually is, it has increased 
by 55 since 2015. So if you think about that. Just the number of, su- the actual the, numbers. Um, number of suicides. I mean, that's so, too many. It's too many. And so now suicide is the second leading cause of death for kids 15 to 24 and the fourth leading cause. So second for that age group, fourth for kids five through 14. Oh my goodness. Right. Wow. Right. And, and that's so, got to be on the older end of that. It is. It is. It's usually that but middle that's school still, age. But yeah. still, it's mind-boggling to think about. And, yeah. and um, you know, it's really calling out for us to step up and, and see what we can do to help these kids. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But what other what other things is are you finding out from research? Well, one of the interesting things is there are really concentrations of the highest rates of suicide, and and um, about forty percent of Indiana suicide deaths are concentrated in just five counties: Urban, Marion, okay, you got it, Hamilton, okay, Allen, Lake, and St. Joe. Well, Lake and St. Joe are big. They're big. South Bend and correct, correct. The region, the region, and so those are. So there's a lot of people there. There are a lot of kids, but I I would I I would imagine the stresses of an urban environment can be a little bit more. You know, one of the things that that our research has found is that there are almost two extremes of children who have contemplated or attempted suicide. One of the kids, one of the group of kids that I think you kind of think of most often and and perhaps in urban settings, um, certainly in low-income settings, is that hopelessness, that they don't see a future that is brighter, right? And so one is that we try to create hope and aspiration for all kids across the state. The other end of the spectrum is the kids that are just so stressed out, right? Mm -hmm. That they have so much pressure to take all the AP classes, to get really great grades, to be wonderful in their sport. That sounds like a Hamilton County thing. Not to... Not to point out Hamilton County, but it just sounds like... I think like, they would own that. I think they would I have mean, it having worked with some of the schools there. there. You bet, right? And so so either of those scenarios can put kids at risk, right? And so how do we intervene? It's a little differently, but the idea is that we need every kid to feel well-supported. We need every child, regardless of their race, place, circumstance, or income, to feel like they have the support network so that when they are struggling, they know who to reach out to. Hmm. It gets better. Absolutely. That's the thing. Absolutely. And sometimes they need to hear that from their peers, right? So having family member fill in the blank, mom, dad, grandma saying, don't worry about it, right? When they've had a bad day or they've had a friend that's really hurt their feelings, um, saying don't worry about it um, isn't particularly helpful, right? Right. Uh, Because to them, it is their worry. So validating whatever those feelings are they have right at that moment and helping them work through it is is really the preferred But it's it's harder for a parent to kind of plug into that and, and have an impact. You bet. When the parent is, you know, to some kids, an idiot. Right. <laughs> of course. I would I would say not a, I was gonna say not a credible reference, but but yes, I think you could call it that. You know, and I think that's why sometimes some of the um some of the most effective interventions are from peer mentors, right? Where they where they will say, you know, I struggled with that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that some of the hotline numbers and things do that and engage and say, Well, that's normal. You know, again, normalizing those stressors, normalizing some of that 
teenage developmental angst and saying, yeah. you're not the only one that struggles with that, right? right? Everybody gets frustrated. Everyone feels like they were left out of the football game group that was going or whatever that is. Right. Is it difficult to, I mean, it's got to be difficult to get kids to talk about that too. I mean, it's, I mean, how do you engage to where they'll open up and It depends, right? I was going to say it depends and it varies a lot from child to child. However, we do know that kids that have supporting adult relationships and particularly if they have five, which is really interesting, right? That's a right? very specific number. Um, That's great. Fabulous five, right? We call it that every kid needs their fabulous five. And that can be a wildly diverse combination. You know, it could be mom, dad, grandma, coach, and youth group leader. Yeah. There you right. got five. But it could also be aunt, cousin, music teacher, you know, and, and scout leader, right? Mm-hmm. Any of those combinations. But we know when they have that network, they're more likely to reach out and talk to one of those or the other. Not always the same one. Right. 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 And so, um, well, they might take one issue to mom. For another issue, they might go to their coach or to the youth group leader or to dad or grandma or whoever that might be. Mm-hmm. So is... Um and foster parents are, I would hope, important in that. I mean... They are. They what, are. What do we tell people about what to look for for teen suicide and that kind of stuff? Well, you're looking for a big change of behavior, right? So if you had... Which is hard sometimes because teens inherently have some of those behavior well, hopefully changes. Hopefully their behavior will change a lot. <laughs> Uh, well, we're looking for we're looking for negative behavior oh, changes. Oh, so, well, so you're going to insist. Yes, if you had a child who was highly engaged and loved to go out after school and play with his buddies or jump on his bike, and suddenly all he wants to do is stay in his room. Right. Right. If 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 a teenager does that for one or two days, not a big deal. If they do it for two weeks, you need to pay attention. Okay. Right. If they were if they were a child who I have one of my children. If you ask how her day was, she will start at the start of the day and go through every minute of that day right if she suddenly stops saying that and said i don't want to talk about it anymore right if they change how they choose to interact if they're not eating anymore if they're not interested in their favorite activities if they used to love to play video games and now they seem disinterested so it's those changes in who that kid is um that that you need to pay attention to and look for which is one of the reasons why the indiana department of education um there was new legislation that was passed that all teachers counselors administrators need to be need to be trained in what are those signs to look for because obviously the same behaviors if you have a real gregarious kid right who's real chatty in class and suddenly is withdrawn, that teacher can help spot that behavior as well. And that's directly related to that education for teachers. That's directly related to the uh, prominence of suicide in Indiana. It is. Right? Absolutely. And those numbers you were quoting, are those Indiana numbers? They're just Indiana numbers. Yeah, that's kind of scary. It is. It is. And so, you know, we're, we're um, heartbroken and, and determined to work on those numbers. And at the same time, we are um, encouraged by the fact that the Department of Education and, quite honestly, the governor's office took those numbers to heart and said, we need to do something about this. And so we need more adults to be trained. Um, we need more folks to know what to look for so that hopefully we can help kids before it's too late. And, um, and I mean, it's so hard to understand what to do, but you have this 
Can you talk a little bit about QPR? Well, and I was going to say QPR, I will tell you, is something that that um, we believe is fantastic. It is not ours by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, okay, so, sure. So it is a... Okay. Um, but it is a program that's out there where you can kind it, of determine what's going on, right? You bet. So if you, if you just hop online and um, type in QPR, suicide prevention, it'll come up with all the information. But it really is a fairly straightforward way... Um, to, to say what do we need to pay attention to when do we when do we lean in a little bit more and when do we let the kids just kind of be kids when should we um, have a conversation with them when should we maybe have a conversation with the school counselor right and say I'm worried about my child and this is why so the QPR training there are trainings um, that happen around the state we've conducted some of those trainings before we've had some of them mm-hmm. at our conferences but but they go on all the time and it really is a straightforward way to help people identify the signs. And there is a QPR Institute, by the way, just QPR stands for question, persuade, and refer. Refer. And and speaking specifically about the refer part, it's important to let those numbers, those websites, that uh, suicide prevention network, there's a lot out there. There is. There's a lot of resources. There's a ton of resources. And I was going to say, I think actually that refer, um, well, they're all critically important, but the refer is a big piece because we don't want every parent, teacher, coach, those fabulous five to think they have to solve this issue, right? But they can help listen, identify, and then refer that child to somebody that can help them, right? So we're not saying everybody needs to become um, clinicians. We're right. not saying that everybody right. needs to have right. the tools to intervene. But have a phone number in But your have head. a phone yeah. number. Have a phone number and, and know how to approach some of those questions in an open way that's not going to um, put shame or judgment on that child. And and that's important because these are things that can come up real quickly. I yes. mean, these are things that, um, and no kid's life stays the same for a period of time. It changes Absolutely. all the time. But, Absolutely. But these things could come up real quick. They can. They can. Often there's, there's, they can. Um, I would say most often some of the counselors would say there's, there's patterns, right? There's some underlying that maybe a child, um, move schools right and they Uh didn't quite find that friend group or you know they used to play a sport and that um, they got cut from the high school team I know that's a big deal right now and so then they lost some of their self-identity and that caused a challenge um, for them and so there but are breaking some of those up with a boyfriend life. can happen real. Yes, you know, yes, breaking up with yes, a girlfriend, a yes, boyfriend, yes. having a significant other say, I don't want to be with you anymore. Yes. I mean, we're already as teens dealing with uh, how can I be accepted? You bet. You bet. I mean, that's a big deal. It's a huge deal. And that's why we also need kids want to be connected. Right. So, so making sure that, again, if one thing doesn't work out for your child, maybe it's that sports team that's not working out. They thought they were going to be the next, you know, fill in right. the blank. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Exactly. Nobody knows um, who Kaylee is. I do. I'm, the, I'm a soccer mom, so I do. <laughs> okay, I gotcha. Good. I gotcha. Right. But um, um, I was going to say Andrew Luck, but, you know, they <laughs> yeah, think that exactly. they're going to be the next Andrew Luck. And, and somehow then they realize that's not going to work out. You know, again, normalizing that every kid goes through that, but also working to help that child find another group that they can be connected to. Yes. Whether that's another sport or a youth group or Cub Scouts or whatever that is, kids need to be connected and they need to be um, in community with one another. 
Let's talk about uh, some of those resources and uh, specifically, uh, what do you suggest as ways to help people? Because I think this is probably the, the most important part of this show is to help get some of those resources out there. Absolutely. Well, and first of all, really those questioning, you know, again, what you want to do is listen to the kids. That is without a doubt, you know, so if they say, um, and sometimes kids will tell you everything and sometimes they'll just kind of say, how was your day? Not good. Right. Yeah. And, and what you want to do is probe, tell me more about that. What's going on. Right. You know, not, um, well, shake it off. (laughs) (laughs) Shake it off. We've got things to do tonight. You know, we've, we've got to stay on our schedule, but then, but then it's really important. Um, but that's not bad either. If you can take them out of their, because sometimes it's a it's a it's like you know uh, you know you know but they just chewing on this pain and and that's not good no and taking no. them out of that sometimes, sometimes giving sometimes them a different good, framework right? can can help them right sure um, but again the Indiana su- I'm I'm actually going to read it exactly because it's a mouthful the Indiana Suicide Prevention Network. Right, um, is a whole group of providers that that really does lean into this work. Now, that also sounds like a mouthful. So I would also say your best line of defense that we have found um, time in, time out is that school counselor. They know that suicide prevention network. Okay. They know, and I think a lot of times we we think about the school counselors when it's time to schedule classes, right? We think about them um, as maybe something that if a, if a kid is in trouble, but in reality, um, they are they are your great link mm-hmm. to getting the services in your area. And I think the challenge is sometimes those services um, vary from from area to area, right? Is there a suicide prevention hotline? And there is a national one. But if you want it to be local, again, I think your number one referral source is going to be that school counselor, particularly because now they've all been trained again. Right. Right. They were aware of it before. um, Right. But they've all been trained again as of July 1st. As of July 1st. The July 1st. Well, the July 1st. I thought it was last year. It's this year, right? I think... You may I think right. they had a year it to get it matter. done. Okay. I think it went into effect. Um, okay. Now somebody might write in and tell you I was wrong, but yeah. I know I know we've been training on it. Uh, quite You've been trained like, on it. We've been training on and the Department of Edu- and we've been helping the Department of Education get their training out as well. Great. Yes. And so some of those numbers are. Oh my goodness! Let me. Let's look. Now I have a national one, and and one eight hundred two seven three. 8255 or 1-800-273-TALK. Talk. That's the national line. It is. And there's also, interestingly enough, a yes. text a text availability at 741 741-741. Right. And the By text, the way, don't try to dial a dash. Right. Don't try to <laughs> dial a dash. Just 741-741. Um, is really important because I would say it's an interactive text. So there is a counselor, a trained um, counselor on the other end of that text who can interact live with kids. And that is, a, that is a medium they're really, really comfortable with, right? So that 741-741 um, is right in their comfort zone. And I, you know, I mean, and you kind of hitting them where they live, right? You're you talking to them in a in a format that they're very used to. Yes. And I would, and we may never know this. I don't know how you would necessarily. We could tell how many calls we that a yes. line gets yes. or how many yes. texts they get. But just talking it out, I'll bet solves 
a lot of problems. It does. It does. And the other thing I would say is both of those numbers, whether you call or text, family members can also use those. So if you, it doesn't just have to be the individual student, if right? If you see a problem? If, if, you, if you text 741-741 and say, I'm worried about my niece, my nephew, my son, my daughter, whatever that is, they can also help with those issues. And there is a specific teen suicide hotline at 1-800-784-2433 or uh, 1-800-SUICIDE. That's how it's spelled out. Um, so, please, you know, take these, find these, go to iyi.org and find some resources. Is there a website for the Indiana uh, the suicide. suicide. Uh, is there? I'm sure there is. I'm feeling like. Or you could just put it in the search engine. That's a big best. That's way. a big easiest just way to do it. Just put in suicide prevention. You'll get a lot of local resources. You will, and I would say even the Indiana Suicide Network, right? Because yes. that'll tell you, and then it'll break it down by who's in your area. And by all means, find somebody to have them talk to somebody. Or if you're struggling with this, talk to someone because I think that's very helpful. Uh, I want to thank my guest uh, today, Tammy Silverman, President and Chief Executive Officer of Indiana Youth uh, Institute. That's IYI.org. IYI.org. Thank you so much. And I would just say, finally, you can't be too careful. So if you have any doubts, reach out to one of those hotlines, send a text, ask the question. You cannot be too careful. That's right. It doesn't matter. Do it. They're there for that reason. You bet. And they, it doesn't matter. They'd much rather do that than have the other thing happen. You bet. Absolutely. Thanks, Tammy. Appreciate it. This has been Connecting Counties with your host, Gus Piercy, presented by Duke Energy. Energy offers these tips for understanding your bill. Check the number of days in your billing cycle. Most bills are for 30 days, but there are times when the billing cycle is shorter or longer. If there are more days in the bill, it could be higher. Look at average kilowatt hour uses per day. At first glance, your bill may look higher, but if your average use is similar to the same time last year or in a month with similar extreme temperatures, it's a normal bill. Residential customer service specialists are available Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. by calling 1-800-521-2232.